0: And as you are seated, friends, I invite you to take out your Bible if you've got it with you. Um, if you brought it with you, there's one provided for you in the pew in front of you. you can, I read mine on my phone. I've got a Bible app on my phone. So that's um, a good way to access Scripture all the time. We're going to be in Habakkuk. It's okay to use your table of contents if you don't know where he is. Old Testament, kind of toward the end. And we're going to be in chapter 3. I'll be starting at Verse 17. And I invite you to hear these words through the prophet for all God's people today. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength he makes my feet like the feet of a deer he enables me to tread on the heights dear friends this is the word of god from long ago for all of us god's people today thanks be to god i'm sure it's true for you at least i'm going to make an assumption that following jesus has certainly helped you through some big things following jesus has helped you through some big things somebody can say amen Helped you through a health scare. Helped you through the death of someone you love. Helped you through a relationship that was broken and hurting. Helped you through a less than ideal working environment. Helped you through your worries about the future. Following Jesus helps us through the big things that we navigate in our lives and, and, and following jesus can also be the way that we navigate the ordinary normal stuff of our lives the ordinary things that happen to us each and every day each and every month each and every year and so today we are beginning a brand new conversation in a sermon series called everyday life we're going to be having a practical conversation about faith so throughout this series we're going to be talking about how our faith influences our everyday lives like day-to-day When something changes last minute and it makes you feel grumpy maybe it's just me or when we make a mistake or day-to-day when we experience a moment of fear or when we are uncomfortable and we're not sure what we should do or when we're disappointed like what should we do with all of those just everyday emotions everyday situations everyday experiences so we'll learn what over six weeks together what of what the people in scripture did and we're going to use their their stories as a guide how they encounter change how they made mistakes how they felt fear how they felt discomfort disappointment and we're going to see how god met them we're going to learn and explore about how jesus led them and guided them in the midst of those very ordinary everyday human experiences because it's not just you who goes through that stuff did you know that It's not just you who feels disappointed sometimes. It's not just you who encounters a moment of fear. And we know that our faith speaks to every moment of our lives. And so that's the conversation we want to explore, how Jesus wants to guide us to in those everyday moments. So he's there for us in the big things and he's there for us in the everyday things too, giving us comfort and encouragement and his presence and hope. And so what we're going to explore today is a posture for us that will be helpful in every moment of our everyday lives an attitude toward God, and that is an attitude of trust. And so if you need something to say over and over to yourself, maybe something that you might say to yourself is, in all things, I will trust. In all things, we will trust. We as God's people, the church, we will remember that God, who in Jesus Christ is faithful and it's trust that we hear about from the prophet Habakkuk today. So what we're going to explore today is that choosing to trust in all things, in the big things as well as the ordinary things, that choosing to trust will reorder our lives. That when we consistently and constantly choose to trust God, it will help us to, to experience a life transformation, that it will have a really big impact on our lives over time, and it will also maybe help us to impact the lives of others. But what we'll also learn is, is that it's not the quality of your trust, friends. It's not the quality of your trust that changes your life. It's the one in whom you place your trust. It's not on you. Let's pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for the ways that you consistently show up for us in our lives, for the ways that you have fulfilled your promises to us in the past. And God, we are looking forward to the ways that you will continue to fulfill your promises in the future. We ask, God, that you will help us to yield a little bit more trust to you today. That you will help us to choose trust in an everyday, ordinary moment. And that that practice done over and over again, you, the one in whom we place our trust, will help to transform our lives. Thank you, God. Amen. Did anybody grow up hiking? Do you still hike today? You got your boots in your car ready to go at any moment when the trail calls you? No? Just some of us? All of us? Maybe it's just me. That's okay. We hiked a lot when I was a kid. Like a lot, a lot. Or at least that's what I remember. You know, sometimes as an adult, you remember things very different from how they actually happened. And then you talk to a parent and you say, Oh, I love that we did this all the time. And your mom's like, What? We did that once. (laughs) at least as I remember it my family and I we hiked a lot as an extended family so we would get all of us together from all over central Ohio and we'd go on a hike on a Saturday morning or on a Sunday after church at High Banks Metro Park. Y'all love High Banks? I don't know for friends who are online I don't know where you go but High Banks is is, um, north of central Ohio and it's a really great place for a good long wander in the woods or when my folks and my sisters and I would go go on summer vacation, that summer vacation almost always included a camping experience. We are tent campers in my family. I am now, admittedly, a cabin camper. It's fine, um, <laughs> but we would we would stay in whatever state or national park was closest to the you know museum or wherever that we were going. One of my favorite memories is when we were in Acadia National Park and we were in Maine um, hiking together as a family on a really long hike. Uh, My parents didn't pack enough snacks. Um, It was not a good moment. And we wandered into what felt like acres and acres of blueberry fields. Luckily, did not encounter any bears who are not very friendly and good at sharing. So that's a good thing. Um, but I didn't go on my first guided hike, uh, a hike with a guide until I was an adult. It was a couple of years ago. I was leading a women's retreat at Salt Fork uh, State Park, which is um, a couple hours away from here in Ohio. and. Um, some of the women wanted to go hiking. It was winter. Uh, we didn't know where we were going. They wanted to go to the this cool old stone house. You could, you could only get there on a hiking trail. And so I said, well, I don't know. So we asked one of the park rangers to help us get there, and it was a couple miles. Um, luckily, they had been before, and we had not. Um, and so what we had to do in that moment was trust. We had to trust that the park ranger was going to get us there, where we wanted to go. And not only get us there, but get us there without any twisted ankles or broken arms or anything like that. Get us there safely. And we had no clue in the process as we were on the hike whether or not where we wanted to go was where we were going to end up going. We just had to trust our guide. We had to trust. Y'all know I'm not just talking about hiking, right? Followers of Jesus, we have to choose trust. When we don't know the way when we've never been before where life is taking us when we cannot see the trail ahead when our destination is uncertain followers of Jesus have to trust that he will lead us and that he will guide us one of the things that is so incredible to me we celebrated at Christmas is that he comes to be one of us and because he comes to be one of us he knows the way He's seen it all. He's experienced the range of human experience. He's felt it all. He's been through it all. He has conquered it all. And we have not. And I want to say to you, if you're still a human being, that's okay. It's okay for you to be a human. But because we have not seen it all, done it all, experienced it all, felt it all, we need a guide. We need a guide to help us through life. We need somebody to show us the way, somebody to help us through, somebody to model for us the full capacity of human experience and human love. And for us, that someone is Jesus. We can trust him. He's worthy of our trust. No matter what, he's going to see us through. And so this, friends, this is the foundational attitude that we work to adopt in our lives each and every day. Trust. If you need something to say over and over to yourself each and every day, you can say, in all things I will trust. We will trust, we will remember the God in Jesus Christ who is faithful. And so Habakkuk, who we hear from today, he's a prophet who is writing to the people about trust. Trust in God no matter your circumstances. And his circumstances were pretty intense. So, you know, God will send a prophet every once in a while to the people when they've gotten a little bit off the trail, shall we say? Let's continue the metaphor. And so God sends a prophet every once in a while when people have decided to go their own way instead of God's way, when they get off the trail, God sends a prophet to call them back into remembrance of who they are and who they're supposed to be following and to lead them back onto the right path. And so Habakkuk is a prophet on God's behalf to the people of Judah, but he's a different kind of prophet. You know, sometimes if you hear from the scripture, these prophets, they come and they proclaim doom and gloom. They're a prophet from God to the people. And so they're telling the people all the ways they screwed up and all the ways they've got it wrong and here's the right way and after they've been presented with the right way then they're presented a vision of peace that's that's basically the pattern he's a little bit different when you read in his his book and by the way if you want to feel super accomplished today you can you can go home and read Habakkuk it'll take you 10 minutes and then you can tell a friend I read a whole book of the Bible today okay so if you want to do that just go on ahead tell me how it goes he's less of a prophet from god to the people and more a prophet from the people to god because right there in the start of chapter one he comes to god with questions that the people are asking people have questions they want to know from god they've got these things that they absolutely need to know have you ever had a question from god have you ever had a question for god me too You're in good company with this prophet Habakkuk today. So he asks God, God, why? Why do I see violence and injustice among the people instead of your salvation? God, why are we crying out for your help and you're not answering us? Are you even listening? And God says, why, yes. I am, in fact, listening to you. And I'm about to respond to the injustice that I see, but not in the way that you think. Babylon is going to take over. All of your land and all of your people. And Habakkuk responds, This is not what I asked this question for. (laughs) Why, God, they're even worse than we are. This is not a comforting situation. This is not what he thought he was getting himself into. But then God says something in the midst of this incredibly uncomfortable situation. It's there in chapter 2, verse 3. You might want to write this one down if you ever need a, a promise of hope in your day. It brings me so much comfort when I'm going through something. Chapter 2, verse 3, God says, and I'm paraphrasing here, but God says there's a vision for the future. If it seems to take a long time to get here, wait for it. It will surely come. So in other words, God is saying to Habakkuk, look, there's more to the story that you can't see. There's more than you can know. There is more for the future than this The path is leading somewhere. I'm guiding you. You might not see it, but that doesn't mean we're not on the journey together. Just because you can't see my plan and my purpose doesn't mean a plan and a purpose isn't there. So I hope that you will rest in that promise just for a moment today. If it seems to take a long time, wait for it. It will surely come. God promises, and Habakkuk responds in chapter 3 with a profession of trust. And so what we see throughout the rest of the book his, he proclaims trust in God for all the ways that God responded to the needs of God's people in the past, how God freed those who were enslaved in Egypt, God parted the waters of the Red Sea, God gave them the promised land, God crumbled Jericho's walls, God gave victory to the armies of the people of Israel over and over again despite all of the odds. Habakkuk is saying God showed up for God's people in the past. And so even when Even when fig trees and grapevines and olive trees do not produce fruit. Even when the fields are empty. Even when we have no livestock, I will rejoice in the Lord. In all things, I will believe God's promises for the future, even when I can't see them. Because God has kept God's promises in the past. Friends, you and I were a lot like these people to whom Habakkuk is speaking, to whom God is offering a word. Because it's tough sometimes as we navigate our everyday lives, just an everyday, not a good day, not a bad day, just a normal day. It's sometimes tough to remember God's goodness. It's sometimes difficult to remember God's presence, to remember God's promise. It's really easy to get caught up in the stuff of life, in the busyness of life, in its complications, in the ordinary things that go on for us every day. It's really easy to lose sight of where we are going or that we have a destination in the first place. It's really easy to lose sight of who we're walking with, who's leading and guiding us. It's it's easy to believe that if we can't see that good thing in the moment, it's not going to happen. Is there something that you are waiting for? Is there something that you are struggling to keep in sight? God is good, even when we can't see the good in the moment. God is strong, even when in the moment we feel weak. God is greater than the circumstances we are currently navigating. You might not know the way, but God does god sees where we can't see god knows what we can't know and so the question that you and i might have then is well that's all well and good but how do i trust that like how practically speaking is that going to manifest itself in my life after all katie you are preaching a series on practical faith are you not well i'll say to you friends the folks that i know The people I know who navigate life with the most grace and compassion in the midst of an everyday moment or a difficult moment, those folks who navigate life with the most grace and compassion are folks who have learned to ask a different question. They've stopped asking why. They stopped asking why. After all, if you read to the end of this book, if you get your 10 minutes in of Bible reading today, what you'll see is that God doesn't answer Habakkuk's question. God doesn't answer the question. Sometimes there are just questions that we ask that we're not going to get the answers to. There's just some things that aren't for us to know. The, po- the folks that I know who navigate the life with the most grace and compassion in the moment are folks who, instead of asking why, ask who. Ask who. They're folks who focus on Jesus' promise for them, who stand inside the Holy Spirit's constant presence with them and in them, who sit in awe and wonder at the God who created them. How do we trust the truth in the ordinary moments? of our everyday lives, of God's continuing promise. Even when we can't see the way, how do we trust that there is one? Maybe, maybe we need a list just like Habakkuk has. You know, he's got this beautiful litany of all the ways that God showed up for God's people, and maybe we need something like that, you and I. We sure can list for ourselves what God has done for God's people in the past, but we can also list what we have seen Jesus do for us what we've seen him do for our family, for our church, for our community, for our world? What are some of the reasons that we personally have to trust in Jesus? Here are some of mine. I trust in him because he cared enough about me, about us, to show up and become one of us. That he cared enough about what I'm going through to live it. I trust him because he shows up for me consistently in the presence of other people when I am lonely without fail. I trust him because he meets me in my time of prayer, because he surprises me with joy in small things. Because he has called me to this work, I trust him, this work which matches so clearly with the gifts that he has given me. He changed my life. I trust him because he, he consistently calls me outside myself. When I get all up in my own stuff, he gives me an opportunity to love and serve another person. I know that chance doesn't come from anywhere else but God. I trust him because he saves me through the cross and always in his resurrection. These are just some of the reasons that I have to trust Jesus. And I will say these things to myself over and over again in those inevitable moments in my day when I am frustrated or anxious or disappointed, when I can't see that thing for myself, but I know it's there. I just need to be reminded of what I've already experienced. I choose to trust that even though I don't know the way, every moment of the day I follow the One who knows the way. That even when I get it wrong, I follow the One whose love never fails me and who never gives up on me. That even when things change, I serve the One whose goodness is unchanging. God is greater than our current circumstance, and all we need sometimes is a reminder to set off on that path, set us off on that path of trust again. So what I'll do is I'll challenge you today. you got a bulletin in your hand today. Maybe you get a scrap piece of paper if you are online. I might challenge you to build your own list of reasons, your own list of reasons that you have to trust in Jesus. You can build it in your head. You can write it down. You can tell it to a friend. If you don't have a whole list, that's okay. That's okay. But what is one thing? What is one reason you have? And would you continue to share it with yourself over and over when you need that reminder? It's that daily practice of choosing trust that will reorder our lives. And so I have a video that I brought with me today of the difference and the impact that a daily practice can have over time. Let's watch it together. Thank you. I'm ซื้อไม่ในชีวิตคุณอะไรคือสิ่งที่คุณต้องการมากที่สุดโล Those life insurance companies have some good marketing people don't they Each and every one of those actions by themselves might not amount to much. But over time, look at how they transform a life. Look at how they transform a community. Beginning to trust and choosing to trust in every moment matters, but it's continuing to trust that matters more. That's the real impact. Daily trust in our everyday lives. Friends, it will reorder our life over time. It will reshape our life, and it might even reshape our world. Let's continue to affirm our trust in God and to affirm the God in whom we place our trust as we stand and share in an affirmation of faith. Pastor Pete will lead us. Would you join me? We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God, who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence.